Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here on a Wednesday for today's episode that is brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, remember to go to builtbar.com and stay tuned here in a little bit. We've got a special Black Friday offer for you guys with Built Bar, which is pretty exciting. Now, I told you guys yesterday, TJ McBride, uh, Denver Nuggets reporter and host of the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, is going to be joining us in just a second. And we're going to talk. All things Tory Craig, one of the recent signings for the Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, listen, uh, there's no Australians on the Bucks roster as it currently stands, but Tory Craig might be as close as it gets. He spent significant time in Australia, and it's a really fascinating journey to go back and look at how he made his way to the NBA. But TJ has been watching him up close for the last three seasons, so we're going to answer a whole bunch of questions around his capabilities on court, what potential lineups he could be maximized in on this Bucks roster, what position best suits him. I, I know I tweeted out yesterday for all the listeners and, and my followers on Twitter, uh, what, what would be your starting lineup at the guard position and what would be your closing lineup at the guard position? And we have got a bunch of different responses there. So Tory Craig might be someone that fits into that conversation. So uh, we will ask TJ all about that. I'm going to bring him in in just a few minutes here. Uh, before we get going, as always, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. You can follow me at Kane Pittman, the podcast at Locked On Bucks. And as always, send through your comments, questions, theories in regards to this Bucks offseason and moving ahead now to where we are less than a month away from opening night. And this probably hit me this morning. Uh, Australian time, I should say, this morning. We had uh, media availability, which it's been a little while since we've done this. So we heard from Jordan uh, Wara, the rookie, pick 45 uh, for the Bucks, and also Pat Connaughton, who we know extended his deal with the Bucks. So I just want to tie up some of this housekeeping stuff before we bring TJ in, because it was an interesting morning as far as Milwaukee goes. So the Drew Holiday trade is official. So everyone can take a deep breath there. Uh, as far as we know, the two first-round picks, so 2025 and 2027, are on the way out. Uh, all reports suggest that they are unprotected, but of course, who knows? Uh, maybe there was some change there, but my understanding is they are both unprotected first-round picks as well as pick 24, which, funnily enough, ended up in Denver. RJ Hampton is also gone, so that was the third round. Uh, the third first-round pick there and a couple of pick swaps are involved as well, potentially with New Orleans, depending on where everyone fits. But Jordan Wara, interesting fit for the Bucks, And I, I, I do think it's quite remarkable that at pick 45 and pick 60, there is some outside chance that the Bucks got the two best shooters in the draft class. Now, Jordan War, I, I love this comment from him. Someone asked him about his fit on the Bucks and what he's going to be able to do. And he said, I'm going to space the floor for Giannis. I'm going to stand on the three-point line. I'm going to shoot those threes. And he said, I quote, 
in my eyes, I thought I was the best shooter in the draft. Um, now, <laughs> I love the confidence, first of all. Uh, he was very uh, modest and very respectful in regards to the organization he's moving into. He spoke a lot about playing next to Chris Middleton and Giannis. He even spoke about seeing Dante DiVincenzo working out uh, at the practice facility and seeing the level that those guys compete to. So he was definitely very aware of what he's walking into but at the same time he showed a real confidence that he's going to be able to come into the rotation now we've spoke a lot about the guards and as the week moves on we're going to continue to talk about the forward rotation and what could potentially happen but when you look at that and we spoke a lot about the fact that the Bucks most likely outside of maybe a DJ Wilson salary dump or some sort of unexpected trade the front line is going to be a little bit shallow now Bobby Portis probably projects to play some minutes at the backup five and yeah realistically is probably the backup five as it currently stands and then you have guys like uh, Tory Craig who we're obviously going to talk about here and DJ Wilson that might be able to spot some minutes at the four but you don't have the reliable Ersan Ilyasova you don't have the reliable Marvin Williams from last year which means that potentially Jordan Wara could see some minutes straight up and you don't often see that for second round picks coming into contending teams uh, I had to laugh about his comments. Uh, I thought I was the best shooter in the draft. And the reason for that is because Sam Merrill also became official today with pick 60, which uh, just to clarify why this might be a little bit confusing, we've been talking about Sam Merrill being a Milwaukee Buck player now for a couple of weeks, but uh, a couple of weeks, for a week. But uh, the reason why that wasn't official was because that pick 60 was owned by the Pelicans and that had to come to the Bucks as a part of the trade with Drew Holiday. So now Sam Merrill uh, officially signed his deal and a Milwaukee Buck player. Now he might question Jordan Wara in saying that he was the best shooter in the draft. And I look forward to getting the chance to talk to Sam Merrill about this. But it made me uh, laugh because Matt Velasquez, our friend from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, commented on my tweet that we might have a little Bucks rookie rivalry here. And he said, I think uh, they should have a shoot off. And whoever loses the shooting contest between the two has to do all the rookie duties. And and just a little story for you guys. This reminded me of one of the first games that I covered the Bucs. This was back in the Bucs-Celtics series that went seven games. Uh, You remember that series was the one where Chris Middleton hit the half-court shot, uh, went to game seven. Uh, No team won on the road as well. That's what you remember that series for. But this was one of the first... NBA games I actually covered. I I did some games during the regular season that year, 2018, but the playoffs was when I really got a good feel for the job and getting involved and getting a chance to be around the team a little bit more. And I didn't actually cover any games in Milwaukee, funnily enough. I only covered the games in Boston, which was obviously unfortunate if you wanted to see the Bucs win. But we were at shoot-around prior to game two, I'm going to say. And Giannis was having a shooting competition with DJ Wilson, who was a rookie at the time. And it was, again, one of my first chances to hear the banter between the guys. And they're going back and forth with each other. DJ's talking some smack. Giannis is obviously talking some smack back at DJ. And DJ Wilson actually won the three-point shooting contest. And they were betting money. And DJ started mouthing off at Giannis and saying, oh, you're going to pay me money. And, and I'll never forget this. Giannis just turned around. He started cracking up laughing and said, I'm not paying you. You're a rookie. If you ever thought that I was going to pay rookie money, then you're kidding yourself. And then he started laughing and just walked off the court. And it was, uh, for me, a very cool moment being a around the players for the first time and it's just a funny story that I won't forget but as far as Giannis goes still no news but some interesting developments 
particularly with one of the key suitors for his services if he was to enter free agency, and that's the Miami Heat. So this morning, uh, it has been announced that they are extending Bam Adebayo to a five-year max extension that's just been revealed. No player option at the end there. So they got Bam locked up for the next five seasons uh, after this one coming, mind you. Uh, this is really interesting. I, I know uh, a lot of Bucks fans are very excited, assume that this means that Giannis is about to sign a Supermax. That's certainly a possibility here. It has to be noted that Alex Saratsis, the agent for both Giannis and Bam, so he knows what's going on here. He understands uh, the situation. And if the Miami Heat were about to get tipped off that Giannis is going to sign the extension, then, of course, sign Bam. I am a little bit surprised that this came before Giannis would sign a Supermax. I didn't expect that. But having said that, again, with the links to the agent there, uh, perhaps uh, these teams are aware of what's going on. Uh, It is important to note that it is not impossible for the Miami Heat to be able to fit in Giannis under their salary cap next offseason as well if Giannis does hit free agency. It's not without the, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. They have signed Dragic, Myers Leonard, Avery Bradley, Andre Iguodala to you know, decent money deals all with team, team options in the second year. So they can wipe all that salary. They would probably have to make tough decisions on guys like Kendrick Nunn and potentially Duncan Robertson as well. But the reality is they just don't have a lot of money on the books. They would have Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, uh, Ryan Anderson, funnily enough, is still his salary will count. It's stretched for around $5.2 million. But long story short, they can still maneuver their way into fitting Giannis into the salary cap next offseason. So it doesn't mean that it's over. Uh, certainly, uh, I don't really think the fit between Giannis and Bam is great anyway and maybe uh, I don't know that means something there but I I think either way the Heat were probably going to extend Bam it just makes sense to do so uh, to look after their guy who's certainly going to be an all-star for a long time so it's interesting it's worth noting I was very fascinated to see the way that this played out but it doesn't necessarily mean the pursuit of Giannis from Miami is over just yet now we're going to get to TJ McBride here in a second But before we do, I have to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, uh, the best tasting protein bar ever made. And I I mentioned there is a special Black Friday deal because if you're dreaming of of a white Christmas, then it begins on Thanksgiving Day at 5 p.m. Because we are introducing the all-new white chocolate Built Bar while supplies last to the flavors they have here, white chocolate cookies and cream and white chocolate salted caramel uh, the promo we have for you guys, two free candy cane brownie bars with every item purchased and 25% off all products all weekend long. So the offer we have, go to builtbar.com and get 20% off for Black Friday. Plus, don't forget to use the promo code to get an extra percent off with your deal there. So uh, make sure you dive in, uh, the promo code being locked on there and you will take advantage of 20% off for Black Friday at builtbar.com. Don't forget to join us on Locked on Bucks for the rest of the week. We went through the guards at the start of the week and the potential guard rotation. As the week moves on, we're going to continue to talk about some of the forward additions that the Bucks had. Who's going to play next to Giannis? Are we going to see more of Giannis at the five? These are the questions we've been asking for a long time uh, covering the Bucks. So we're going to touch on that later in the week. So make sure you stick with us. And now uh, we're going to bring in our guest. I teased this man yesterday. I teased him at the start of this show today. TJ McBride, host of the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. 
Thanks for coming on, man. It's been a busy week for all covering the NBA. Yes, it has been a wild week. I, I don't remember anything like this, but I'm happy to slow down and just kind of talk about some hoops and somebody that I've covered for a long time. That's easy to do. I don't have to figure out cap rules to talk about <laughs> Tory Craig. So I'm very happy to relax like this for a second. So we are absolutely diving deep into Tory Craig here and his potential fit with the Bucs. Uh, I will say, I think overwhelmingly, positive response to Mm -hmm. this signing i think he was one of the guys that was left that everyone said this would be nice but you don't often get the guy that you actually wanted so to see that report come through i think everyone was excited about that before we do i know you've just been talking to uh, pick 24 in the draft rj hampton today Mm. and this is going to be one of those uh, weird connections that we're going to have here he was never a milwaukee buck but he wore a milwaukee bucks hat on (laughs) draft night And I was very pleased to see him today in the media availability, had his Nuggets hat on. And I wondered whether he just really wanted to have the feeling of having that hat on. But how's RJ? (laughs) RJ's great. I I was, the thing that surprised me most about it was he's genuinely excited to be in Denver. I don't know how much of it was coached, how much of it was planned ahead of time, but you could tell the focus he wanted to convey was, I want to play for a winner, I want to get better, and I want to be with an organization that knows what they're doing. And that was encouraging, to say the least. Like When people asked him why it was so exciting to be in Denver, the first words out of his mouth were, the culture, which is insane for anybody (laughs) who's covered the Denver Nuggets for the past 10 years. Like There was a moment where they were the joke of the league. So that was cool to see that somebody of his caliber of player, which let's be honest, could be a top five player in this draft. It was really encouraging to see him that excited about Denver and that excited to get better. Already talking to Michael Malone, already reached out to, to Nuggets players. So all positive stuff as it always is for introductory press conferences. Yeah, landing in a pretty good spot as well. I was surprised oh, that man. he got to 24, but hey, uh, you, you will take that uh, every day of the week. Maybe the best athlete in the draft class mm-hmm. as well. Uh, as far as Milwaukee goes, I, I mentioned Tory Craig, and that's who we're here to talk about. Remarkable story, and I'm not quite sure how many of our listeners are really all over this. I, I tweeted this out. Tory doesn't know this yet but he's going to be the honorary Australian on the roster. And when I do get back to Milwaukee, that's going to be bad news for him because like Dally and like Thon Maker <laughs> in the past, I'm probably going to be annoying him a lot. But this guy, three years ago, he's 29 years old now, but only three mm-hmm. years ago, this guy was not only just playing in the Australian National League, but he was spending the off-seasons playing State League in Australia, which I, I, don't, I don't need to tell anyone Look, the, the NBL is a pretty good quality league this time, well-respected around the world. But the state leagues, not so much. I mean, this is the ultimate yeah. story of a grinder that has found his way into the league. He did everything it took. He, and he played in New Zealand as well. It wasn't just Australia. He did any option that he had to be able to find a way to the league he took advantage of. And what I think is so cool and that you're going to, going to enjoy being that you're Australian is that he almost didn't accept the Nuggets Summer League invite all those years ago because he enjoyed being in Australia so much. And he didn't want to leave a good thing for a potential bust opportunity at a Summer League where he might not even get minutes to play. Like, that's a really big shot in the dark. And he took the chance. The Nuggets obviously brought him onto the inaugural two-way contract. That's another crazy part of this. He was like literally the guinea pig for how two-way contracts work in the NBA. He was the first one to use up his 45 days and all of those things. So the Nuggets really put him on the crash course. And then when they finally brought him up to the NBA to play for Denver, they dropped him in the starting lineup to defend a guy named Drew Holiday. And he did so after taking an Uber from Kenosha, Wisconsin, 
in to an airport in the middle of nowhere at 3 a.m. to be able to get to Denver to do so. Literally slept between shoot around and the game, had a little bit of film study and got dropped out there. And that's the kind of guy he is. He fights, he works, he will do whatever it takes to get those opportunities to show what he can do. And that's why fans love him so much. It's why he was so beloved in Australia. He's not just another American coming in and gunning. He's somebody who was there to work and be a true professional like so many people are in Australia. You don't have guys just jumping out of the gym. Like These are true professionals who have to learn their craft the correct way. And Tory Craig has taken that route. Four years at the University of South Carolina Upstate, three years in Australia and New Zealand to finally get a two-way contract at the NBA level is a really, really impressive journey to get to this level of now being an important factor of the Milwaukee Bucks, arguably the title contending team this year. You just don't see that path a lot and, and mostly for the reason that once guys get to a certain age, often they'll settle for whatever it is they're doing. And as you pointed to, for him, uh, hanging out in Australia during the summer is, I, I can tell you, a pretty cool place to be. So for the yeah. fact that he did take that chance and got to where he is, is incredible and that's why he is so well respected particularly over here uh, i think the couple of things that you touched on there the the first start with denver uh, actually had a, a block at the end of regulation I, I believe sent that game to overtime and of course the the oshkosh connection there with the wisconsin herd he was out there to play a game gets called up to the nba so some fascinating parallels there with where he's going to end up uh, now with this bucks team uh, he did win the nbl a defensive player of the year. And certainly if we think about Torrey Craig, we think about his defensive prowess first. So uh, what kind of roles was he playing with the Nuggets? I think we saw him in a variety of different lineups. We've seen him oftentimes taking big matchups, but what should Bucks fans expect from him defensively? So the big thing about Torrey Craig defensively is he's going to give you energy no matter what the situation dictates. So one of the defining plays that he brought to the table was, okay, Torrey Craig got blown by, which happens in the NBA. Everybody gets blown by at some point. His ability to recover and block shots at the rim is perfectly indicative of the kind of defender he is. No matter if you're out of position, no matter if suddenly you have to come from a weird angle, he finds ways to be impactful. He's just so disruptive and so energetic and has his ability to be have his hand everywhere at once it's that's really the defining trait of what makes him so impactful the one thing i will say is that dropping him on elite wings is still difficult i mean he's not Kawhi leonard he's not paul george level defender he's going to struggle on those massive jumbo wings who can shoot from anywhere as everybody else in the league does but in terms of guys like donovan mitchell damian lillard cj mccollum and a lot of those explosive dynamic lead guards he presents such a difficult situation for them which can then allow you to use Drew a lot more interesting ways as well because Drew is so good off ball that you can kind of be able to start playing with some different defensive sets as a Bucks team who has so many different options on that end of the floor. So when I look at what he can do for the Bucks, I, I think about shutting down legitimate uh, lead guards that are dynamic and also being able to take away usually the best wing threat unless it's one of those elite wings which everybody struggles with. Interesting. That's really fascinating because I think one of, uh, certainly listeners of this podcast understand this, but one of the underrated facets of the Bucks defense last year was their ability to bring Wesley Matthews in. He is has that strength and has that size that he would take LeBron James and he would take Kawhi Leonard. And I think there's been some Bucks fans, uh, myself included, wondering uh, how he would fit into that there. So certainly everything I've read suggests uh, what you did, that you know, guards and those sort of uh, dynamic guards, he will be able to take some of those matchups. 
Go. The one thing I would say too is that when you have him with Drew, you can you can use yeah. Drew Holiday to defend LeBron James of the world. Like yeah. he is strong enough and savvy enough and knows how to use leverage the correct ways to get away with that to where you can still have the coverage of throwing Tory on a Dennis Schroeder or somebody like that, you know, finals matchup contingent, of course. But in that kind of an example of he can defend those hyper quick, agile, get to the perimeter or get to the lane kind of guards to be able to shut down that first initial wave, that point of attack defense that so many people need which is why it's so exciting to me because you could unleash drew holiday like letting him just play rover from the guard position is going to be so fun when you have Giannis behind you you could be so much more aggressive at the point of attack now whether on or off ball drew or tory because you have a guy like Giannis. that kind of a trio you just don't find that especially when you talk about how underrated middleton is as a as a defender so that to me is just incredible amounts of excitement If you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunkdown podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, TJ, I've been scrolling through every single number I can possibly find on Tory Craig here the last couple of days. And one of the things that's really interesting to me is his positional breakdown on cleaning the glass. So I think that certainly he projects as a guy that in some lineups could play the two, certainly obviously can play the three. And even there is some capabilities or capacity there where I could see him playing the four in smaller lineups with Giannis beside him. So my question for you would be where you think he fits best because uh, I put up a poll yesterday on the Lockdown uh, Bucks podcast Twitter page here and said, who do you think would start next to Drew Holiday in the backcourt and then who would close next to Holiday in the backcourt? Now, I didn't have Torrey Craig in there first. I had Dante DiVincenzo, Bryn Forbes, DJ Augustine, and, and I had Pat Connaughton, who uh, really was just a, a, a token a guy there. Mm-hmm. And I ended up deleting that and putting Torrey Craig in. Shout out to friend of the podcast, CJ at one good thing. He said, I think you need to have Torrey Craig in there. So where do you, where do you see his best position? You've spoke about defensively, he can take on guards, but where, where does yeah. it fit? And is it really that versatile across all positions? Yes, it is that versatile. He can make an impact on three positions, two, three, and four, and even some ones, depending on the kind of guard. Like really, the ultra-shifty Steph Curry types, you don't want to throw them on because you don't ever want to throw guys <laughs> right. like that on. That's um, but again, <laughs> 90% of guards in the NBA, point guard or shooting guard, he can check. And the majority of small forwards he can match up with, I'd say 90% of small forwards as well. Power forward, you start getting into the, are you playing small? Are you playing big? What's the circumstances? He can fill that role. He can masquerade as a power forward when you need him to. But it's specifically against small ball lineups. When it comes to starting them or not, this is what is so great about Tory Craig. He doesn't care. And... I hear players say it all the time. I don't care when the players say it. It's always complete crap, in my opinion, when players go out there and say, I don't need to start. I can fill this role, that role, whatever. Torrey Craig genuinely means it. This is somebody who just wants to help, and that was why the Nuggets were so upset to lose him, because the Nuggets had no plans of losing Torrey Craig this offseason. They had every intention of bringing him back. It wasn't until Jeremy Grant took away all of their uh, big depth that they had to suddenly pivot and find more bigs. So Jeremy Grant can be a guy that you can use situationally as a starter, like Michael Malone 
in the playoffs last year or the year before last year when Will Barton got hurt and suddenly Torrey Craig started 11 of the 14 playoff games. You can bring him off the bench when you know that the stretch of games you're going to be playing is going to require you to come off the bench and check a guy that is more, um, you know, like a Dennis Schroeder type. Again, a guy that's coming off the bench that you have to worry about that pick and roll. He can shift and be dynamic in that way. I've always compared him to, it's more of a baseball term, but a utility player. He can play left, he can play right, he can play second, he can play catcher. Like he genuinely can do whatever you're looking for and is willing to do so, which is just such a hard find in this day and age of the NBA with that kind of skill set at that kind of a size. And he genuinely is okay with that. So I'm hoping that Bud is going to be willing to, we need more shooting for this stretch of games. Let's get Dante in there. Okay, we need more guards who are able to flip the court and be able to create on the other side. Let's get Bryn Forbes in there. Okay, now we need size. Now we need defense. Let's get Tori in there. That's kind of how I'm hoping he platoons it, but we'll have to wait and see what he actually does. Listen, I think anyone that covers the Bucs, uh, follows the Bucs, cares about the Bucs, would love Bud to be flexible like that. So as you said, that's, <laughs> I know. <laughs> let's wait and see what happens here. I'm not holding my breath, but we certainly hope so. And I think one of the big things that I love about the Bucs offseason right now is the versatility that they've created. I don't think it was there previously. I think they've got it now with a bunch of different players. And as you pointed to, just to emphasize your point, a guy that will start, will come off the bench, in 2019, started 37 of his 75 uh, regular season games. So basically half. And then last year, 27 out of 58. Yeah. This guy's done it. He's done it. He, his whole career, he's been in and out. Of- playoffs, regular season, February, yeah. early season, or March right before the playoffs. Like he's done literally everything at this point. Let's touch offensively on what he can do because, you know, he's always been a guy that, you know, a little bit streaky from three. Uh, He had a big playoff game where he hit a bunch of threes, but overall he's only averaged five points per game over his 20 minutes. He's not known for his offense and that's totally fine. But the one thing that stands out to me when I've watched Torrey Craig, when I look at the numbers, 73% finishing at the rim because uh, the guy will cut and he will duck to the basket and you will be able to find him. Just uh, give us a bit of background on what he actually can do offensively. I would expect a lot of, you know, Yes. Um, that's the thing is that not playing next to Nikola Jokic is going to yeah. hurt your ability to get wide open shots at the rim. So that's always going to bend this a little bit. But with that being said, Torrey Craig is a streaky shooter. He'll have incredible games like in, in the two th- or the playoffs, not this year, but the year before he shot 49% from three <laughs> in his 14 games in the playoffs. So there's a level where you're like, okay, it's within him to hit these shots. Like there are moments where you're like, okay, we have to defend him now. He can force your hand as a, as a team in that way but he's not a consistent shooter you cannot depend on it from d- d- game one to game 72 and then through the playoffs you just cannot depend on him on that level um, beyond the shot there's not a whole lot of offensive output for him. He's not a guy that you can swing the ball to on the other side of the floor, call for a pick, and run a pick and roll. Like, Denver did not have him run DHOs. Denver did not have him run pick and rolls. He did it a little bit in Australia back in the day. He knows how to, but it's not his forte. And I think he'd be the first one to tell you that he's not trying to cross dudes up with a screen and get to the rim. That's not his game. So, offensively, he is going to be limited in that regard. There's a reason you guys got him for a minimum you don't get a minimum guy who is able to do these kinds of things but what's really encouraging and something that i think that you might have seen on cleaning the glass is as a rebounder for his size he is insane he will have games where you're like wow he had 12 and 
11 tonight <laughs> and Tory Craig had six offensive rebounds in the game. Like he absolutely has the ability to crash the glass in a way that I did not expect, especially on the offensive glass. Denver would send back Paul Millsap to get back on defense to solidify theirs and send Tory as a small forward to the offensive glass because he was so, um, he had a nose for the ball. You don't see in wings on the glass like that and it allowed Denver to set their defense while still potentially having that extra, that extra possession and you don't see teams send their big back and you send their wing to the glass very often, but he has that ability to do that, which makes him just so functional as an energy player. Again, you're not using him for 30 minutes a night. This is a guy who just unleash and say, empty the tank and do everything you can while you're out there. And that'll create random points off offensive rebounds. I can't even tell you how many times he has grabbed a rebound offensively off a missed free throw from nowhere and put it right back up. And people are like, wait, where did Tori appear from? But that's the kind <laughs> of energy he plays with yeah those types of guys it has to be said always end up being favorites of bud so uh, i think one of the first things yeah. i thought that he's going to be a, a guy that bud will uh, fall in love with pretty quickly there uh before we wrap this up uh, you've sort of touched on it in terms of his uh willingness to play whatever role is asked of him but the bucks consistently over the last two years really since bud came in but with every addition they've made they've spoke about the quality of of character the quality of person that they're bringing in uh, again, we're talking about a guy that I have literally never, ever heard anyone say a bad word about. Uh, what kind of impact did he have in Denver just in terms of the locker room? I, I know we saw a lot of messages from teammates. Yeah. They love this guy. Everybody loves this guy. I really try and pride myself on being an impartial journalist. I really, really try to. But there are certain people you'll meet in the NBA where you're like, that is just a genuinely great person. And you want to see them do well no matter what it costs. And Tory Craig has been one of those people for so many guys. He's the only person I know that can be close with both Bull Bull and Michael Porter Jr., who are like <laughs> the opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of the way that they approach their day-to-day life. He's close with every vet that I have ever seen. Michael Malone adored him. Tim Connolly wanted no part of sending him away. Tim Connolly, or Tim Connolly, this is why I've been talking about Tim Connolly so much. I keep saying his name over and over again now. Tori Craig has been a true important force in this locker room of unifying guys, of keeping the mood light, of always bringing a smile to everybody's face. He's always bringing his son around, who's probably the funniest human being on earth, Braylon. Like, <laughs> There is so many levels to Torrey Craig the human, and that was probably the biggest thing he brought to the Nuggets. His defense was huge. They don't win playoff series without him. But the Nuggets will always remember him for who he was in that locker room and for the way that he impacted the players around him. He got the best out of those guys. He was such a unique leader in that way to where he didn't need to play at all. I always go back to Michael Porter Jr. in December when Michael Porter Jr. is finally starting to rise. He's starting to ascend. And Torrey Craig's literally playing eight minutes a night like his role is gone after starting 11 games in the playoffs the year before and he's the first one off the bench high-fiving give, giving him dap telling him exactly what needs to be done to fine-tune things and i'd go ask him about it afterwards and he would like look at me with a stank face like why would i be upset like this is just a good thing i'm happy my guy is thriving so much and he truly truly means it so in terms of a great locker room guy you're not going to find anybody in the nba that stacks up quite like tory craig does Listen, again, I think unanimously a guy that Bucks fans were happy to have on for the minimum. I think everything we've spoke through checks out. I don't think anyone expects to get the perfect player when you are picking him up on a minimum deal, but he is going to be a guy that will have a positive impact on the court at times and certainly off the court almost all, all the time. Mm-hmm. TJ, 
uh, appreciate you taking my message to jump on the show and, and just fill us in a little bit because I could have said some of that, but it means a hell of a lot more coming from someone who's watched him day in, day out. Well, I appreciate you having me on and I'm always around if you ever need anyone to talk about Tory Craig. <laughs> yeah, again, you can get TJ at TJ McBride NBA on Twitter and catch him on the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast as well. Uh, we are going to leave it there for today. Uh, like I said, right at the top of the show, if there's any Giannis updates, We'll be here. We'll be podcasting straight away. Uh, interesting developments today, and I'm sure we're going to continue to hear from some of the Bucks signings as they roll through and become official. Uh, it's Listen, after the week we've had, just seeing that Drew Holiday is actually official, I think everyone can take a deep breath. Drew Holiday <laughs> is on the Milwaukee Bucks, but for everyone out there, make sure you stay safe. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, and we'll catch you guys then.